Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have Danny DeMarco with with us. Danny is currently the general manager of the butchery in Costa Mesa, California. Danny is from a Midwest Italian family. Food has always been the focal point of family gatherings and traditional Sunday night dinners, which led him to working in the food and beverage industry. At 21, Danny started working at BevMo and was the beer and wine buyer. In 2011, he started working in a butcher shop and went through a butcher apprentice program. He started as an entry-level butcher and worked his way up to lead butcher, meat manager, and later general manager. Danny opened his own barbecue franchise and ran five stores. He missed the meat industry and came back to the butchery as the general manager of the Crystal Cove, Newport Beach location. He now serves as the general manager for the butchery in Costa Mesa, the busiest location of the franchise. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. So I am too. Um, just, you know, just so the audience understands, Danny has supported me as a personal chef for probably four or five years now. Um, yeah, I first met you when, you know, I was shopping regularly at the Newport coast location and then obviously Costa Mesa as well. I, um, you support me every Tuesday with my clients needs. Um, and you've just been a wealth of knowledge and someone that I can really comfortably ask questions to about meat 
and food and the industry. Um, so thank you for taking the time for being on the show. Of course. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like you said, I, um, I have, I've been in, in evolved or everything in my life's probably been involved around food, um, uh, very strong Italian background. And now, uh, I decided that I wanted to get my degree in hospitality management. And in doing so, I was, I was working as a butcher. Um, and now I got the opportunity and still have the opportunity to run, um, the Costa Mesa location, as well as help out with some of the other locations that we have. Um, and I've been cutting meat now for probably a total of 12 years. Um, love what I do. Uh, it's a lost art in my opinion. And uh, it has become so commercialized that we are trying to keep the art of the small butcher shop alive doing so. So if somebody was curious <laughs> about um, learning how to be a butcher or working in a butcher shop, uh, where would you recommend somebody start? So you, you can do uh, a butcher apprentice program through some of your major grocery stores. Um, the difference that you're going to get with, with working with them is you're going to get more uh, quantity cutting over quality cutting. And so you're going to learn a lot of basic knife skills, but you won't learn a lot of the different uh, muscle, you know, muscle structures of the animal. So the, the best thing for someone to do is one, there, there's uh, a lot of classes now through colleges that'll offer it. Um, Cal State San Luis Obispo offers a great program. Uh, Texas A&M, Colorado State, they all offer some, some fantastic programs. But if obviously if that's not on someone's radar to go back to school, um, working, working for a, a small shop like ours or, or some of the other local shops in their area is definitely an option. Um, we've hired, uh, most of my butchers now that we have at the shop are not, uh, classically trained. If you want to call it that they, they have never gone through a true butcher apprentice program. A few of them have at grocery stores, but that's probably the easiest way is just getting involved, getting, getting started, um, and learning, you know, YouTube's a fantastic uh, platform to, to learn so much on. And to this day, I still probably watch me cutting videos once or twice a week. That's a really good idea. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So like, what is the major difference between walking into a standalone butcher shop versus going to the grocery store to pick up steaks, chicken, pork, etc.? Yes. So the, your biggest difference is probably going to be uh, looking at, at it from a customer's perspective is when you walk into a, a small butcher shop, that's what we're focused on. That, that is what we do. We are in the business of selling meat. When you go into a grocery store, they're in the business of profit. They just want to make a, a profit. And so they have the ability to have a million items in their store and their meat counter is just a small part of it. Um, so that's the major aspect. The, the other pro biggest problem uh, part of it is probably our customer service aspect. So when somebody walks into our door, we're going to walk them through the entire process of uh, what we offer, how to order it, what they're cooking, how they're cooking it, the times, the temperatures. Uh, we're going to take that time, that one-on-one -on -one time with that customer from the beginning all the way to the end um, and even walking them up to the register and, and cashing them out. So there's that difference. The other major, there's, there's that. And then the other big part of it is probably... Um, quality, right? So in a grocery store, like I said, major chain grocery store, they're looking to make a profit. And so are we, everybody's in the business of making a profit, but 
they have the ability to sell their proteins at a lower margin because they can up their margin on all the rest of their grocery items. So if they take a hit on their on their protein, it entices customers to come into their store, buy the protein, and then buy everything else. Um, and majority of those guys cutting behind the counter couldn't tell you a thing about that product, where it's coming from, what's the farm, what's the age on it, um, e- even what, what the grading is in, in certain cases. Um, so, so that's probably it. You know, we work, we work hand in hand with our farms. We know what we're using, um, the age on it, the quality, uh, the genetics even uh, of, of the animal. So where do you guys find where you order your meat from? So our, our company, um, is owned by two, two gentlemen that live in Laguna and they have spent a lot of time working hand in hand with, um, some of our, our vendors who would then would put us in touch with, with a few different farms, or they have, uh, you know, reached out to farms and said, okay, Hey, we're, we're interested in your product. Um, so we, we have standards that we know that we need to, to hit. And for us, it's, we want Angus genetics. So already knowing that we want to, you know, an Angus genetic cattle rules out a ton of other options, you know, rules out Holstein rules out dairy cattle rules out all these options. So once you take that away, it really narrows down the the companies we can use. Then on top of that, we know we want uh, you know upper choice program if possible, but a choice and a prime program. Once we do that, now we've narrowed it down even more. Um, and then we love a sto- a good story. So because of where we come from as a company, we want to support other companies that are like minded. So family ranches, um, co op ranches, ranches and and processors that you utilize uh, farms within a certain area of their processing facility, so they know that their carbon footprint is isn't as big as as it would be if we were buying you know directly from some of these big big names. Um, and sustainability. Sustainability is huge for us. So anybody that is, uh, you know, growing their own, their own feed or producing, uh, you know, manure for soil for the farms that then they're rebuying their grains and, and corn and soy and whatever it may be, uh, that those are all huge to us. And so in doing that, we really start to narrow it down. Um, and we've had great partnerships with our vendors, with Newport Meats, um, you know, and some other other companies that are that are even California based, but they have done the research and the, put in the time to find these great farms, and then they present them to us, um, and we get the opportunity to to work with them, you know, potentially go out and check out their farms um, and see that they truly are doing what we want uh, as a rancher, as a processor, making sure you know obviously everything's done humanely, sustainable. Um, in every aspect is possible trying to do it, uh, you know, an all natural. It's not always a hundred percent possible or even sustainable to have a hundred percent all natural product, because what that means is uh, it's no hormones, no steroids, no antibiotics ever. And so if that animal eventually gets sick and it gets those things, it gets taken out of the line. Uh, but we are fortunate right now to be using a brand for our choice in our prime that is a hundred percent all natural. And that's Myers beef. Um, that's my, it's called Myers natural now. And that started in uh, Montana and now it's kind of, you know, co-opted itself and it's using some ranches all over, but it's, it is something we've spent a lot of time working with and they've done the same thing with us. Now they're a major company and they started just like us. They started just with a few heads of cattle and some, some acres as a small business. And that's kind of, you know, what we keep in, in, in the forefront as we're looking. Why does that ranch refer to them <clears throat> as all natural versus 100% grass-fed, grass-finished. What's the difference? So um, 
100% grass-fed, grass-finished means that that animal from birth up until till, um, processing has been only on, on grass. It's eight grass, you know, it's been pasture-raised or, or um, given grass, but it is only had grass. It's not had any, any uh, grain, soy, corn, any of that. Um, <clears throat> Myers does allow their cattle to have uh, corn, some soy, uh, and, 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 and I know there's a big stigma against that. But the reason they're considered all natural um, is because there's no antibiotics. There's no hormones ever given to these animals. So they are allowed to free roam. They are allowed to do what they would normally do as an animal, but they are given supplemental feed. Um, part of that's because of demands, you know, in, in the U.S. We need and want a better tasting cattle. Um, and so when you allow your animal to eat some of these things, it, it produces a better tasting steak to, to the individual. Um, I, they do offer a grass fed program that we carry. It's hundred percent grass fed, grass finished. Um, and it's, eats phenomenal as well. It's a great product, but the marbling is not going to be what most people want when they're looking at a filet or, or a ribeye. They want to see that perfectly webbed spider marbling in, in, in the muscle of the animal. Um, and you'll get lucky sometimes and it'll happen, but naturally the animal can't put on enough weight just eating grass and doing so. And um, so that's the biggest difference. You know, there's a lot of it, people need to be careful when they go out to a grocery store and they see something labeled grass fed. Yeah. If it just says grass fed, every single cow is grass fed, but not all of them are grass finished. And so Every cow up until the last, you know, third of its of its life cycle is on just grass. And they're not always eating corn. They're not always eating grain. Um, that's just towards the end and of, of its cycle before it's processed. And again, what that does is it just produces that 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 better tasting protein for for the individuals. Um, but a lot of people will put, oh, my animal, you know, my my case is grass fed. But if the the butcher, the cutter, the store manager, whoever it is, doesn't know if it's grass finished, that's when you should start questioning um, truly what it is. Because like I said, every cow is grass fed. Agreed. I try to educate people with that. That <clears throat> like when a baby's born. Every human being is milk fed at some point. Right. <laughs> and so saying that the cow's grass fed, I mean, obviously that's the only way for it to grow out of being a calf. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's another thing, you know, if you have, if you have somebody that's selling you veal, that's grass fed, that that's, that should be a question too, because veal essentially is, you know, a, a younger calf and that should just be on milk. It should not be on any type of, of grain. Yeah. Interesting. So the cat, so veal obviously is a calf, but it's on milk the whole time. Yeah. Now, granted, you can't stop that animal from eating if if mom's eating or something, but you're not feeding it. So if somebody's you know telling you, oh, this is just uh, my grass fed veal line, this should be questionable. Now, again, it probably did eat you, just like a baby. Can't stop a baby from picking something up and putting it in its mouth. Uh, you're not going to stop that 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 veal from doing so. But you know, veal are uh, are fairly young when when they're processed, and so they shouldn't have entire life cycle of the realm of eating everything like that, like a normal, uh, a normal cow would, because most cattle are, are from birth to production are about 26 to 30 months old is, is their life cycle. 
and your calves are much younger. They're, they're in, you know, less than, than four months usually. And so, uh, their cycle obviously is, is much smaller. And so to give them the opportunity to eat a lot of feed doesn't do anybody any good, including the animal um, or, or the rancher, because why pay for your animal to eat something when it's getting its natural nutrients from, from its mom, it's essentially free. You're already paid to feed them, pay to feed the mom. It, it's a cycle that uh, is, is not always uh, the most, I guess, ideal to think about. A lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it is, it, it, it is part of, of my business and what we do. Um, so, and that, that's, that, that touches another thing that I always like to talk to people about is knowing where your food come from, comes from, um, like, like we just kind of talked over, but also knowing that it's humanely treated in, and it's treated with the respect that everybody wants it to be treated with is very, is very big part of this, um, being so distant from it. And, and a lot of people, I don't want to know, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it is part of the issue. In my opinion, um, if you become so distant from it, uh, from its raising to its processing to any of that, you then eventually fall into the, into the habit of not caring where you buy your product, from, not caring what you're buying. And you're just looking at it as, Oh, here's another steak for dinner. Don't want to know about it. Don't want to, you know, don't want to really understand that it was ever an animal. I just want to use this as nourishment for myself and my family. That's great. But you really, should understand the whole aspect of it and, and be willing to learn. It's, it's, uh, you know, part of, of who we are and what we do, uh, essentially is top of the food chain. You know, we, we are as, as humans. So, well, I've always found it interesting when people can't see a bone, they don't right. like to see the, bone <clears throat> the meat. And that makes me so sad because that's where there's so much nutrient density, right? Where the, the muscle meat meets the bone and then cooking with that mus with that bone is going to allow for more flavor and it's going to allow you to, you know, gain more collagen and so many more nutrients. So I think we also have to work on helping people get comfortable seeing a bone attached to the muscle meat that they're going to be eating. Right. Right. And, and, that, and that's a, that's a very big part of it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you say that as I come from my bio and, and whatnot, I have people in my family that are very close to me, my, my, you know, that don't want to eat meat off the bone. They don't mind seeing it. They just can't bring themselves to do it. I've always, I've grown up with that around me. And so I've understood it, but as I've worked in this industry and I've learned more and more about it, you're right. There's so many nutrients in that bone. Now they're able to cook with it and then they cut the meat off of it. There's a lot of nutrients that bone offers, um, collagen, marrow, stuff like that. And, and a lot of people supplement you know, different products like collagen and whatnot, which is great if you're not getting it in your diet, but there's so much you can get just from animal protein, from animal product that you wouldn't have to supplement. Um, and essentially is a free byproduct of what you've already bought to make for dinner. Absolutely. So, so if you grill <laughs> a bone in piece of steak and then you slice it off the steak, I mean, in my family, we go in for the bone and chew whatever little pieces we can off the bone. And then right. we'll, we'll put it aside in the freezer to make bone broth. But same with the whole roast chicken or the bone and chicken thighs or the airline chicken breast, you know, that I love. Um, the best part is that bone that you get to eat at the end and rip every little piece off. And then you get to collect free bones for bone broth. I mean, right. it's such a win-win. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I really... 
it's just people can't bring themselves, you know, to, to separate that. And I understand it because I'm an animal lover. You know, I've, I've always had dogs and, and, and whatnot, but it, it's just like any other profession. Um, it's like, it's like being a police officer or a doctor, they have to do stuff and they have to separate what they do, what they're doing versus what their emotions are. Um, and I'm fortunate I've been able to do that. I just wish I could get everybody else to and understand that there are so many health benefits to to proteins that it, it almost I've had a number of, of vegans and vegetarians come into our store that have now switched over. And I love having conversations with them and asking them why part of it is they've created some major deficiencies in doing what they're doing because they weren't supplementing properly. And their doctors now told them, well, you could, you need to eat liver. You need to eat, you know, a heart, whatever these things are. And that's another part of the animal that a lot of people don't talk about. The, the liver is probably the most nutrient dense part of the animal that you could eat and gain so many things from, from vitamin, vitamins and minerals and whatnot. Um, and to me, you're, you're, again, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're feeding yourself, nourishing yourself, utilizing a part of the animal, and you don't have to take a bunch of supplements. It's, it's great for you. And I just wish in doing this, I can continue to teach that to people. There's so many ways to prepare these items that don't taste great naturally because they're irony or, or they're acidic, whatever it may be. Um, and then those are easy Google searches, you know, soaking something in buttermilk or uh, utilizing different types of marinades if you need to. But the nutrients are still there if you're able to bring yourself to doing that. And I think more people could if we made it a norm. We as a society have made a lot of this not normal, especially uh, in certain areas of the U.S., you know, West Coast and Areas where there's not a ton of ranch land, mm-hmm. um, Midwest and whatnot, I'm sure most of those people, it's second nature, but we have made it not so popular to do here. Yeah, but I think it's coming back. And as yes. you know, I've been, my goal this year has been to cook with more organ meat. And I luckily had one client who was on board for that. So we've been trying to sneak in organ meat every week. You know, I've been getting um, liver or ground liver from you guys. So we've been putting it in meatballs. We've been putting it in shepherd's pie. We've been putting it in, in, you know, the bone marrow and stews. Um, We put it in, you know, koftas. Um, Anytime that we can mix a little ground meat, whether it's lamb, bison, elk, beef, venison, with, you know, just like 10 to 20% ground liver, um, we're trying to sneak it in. And it's been really great. Yeah. And that, that's the number one way to do it is, is start using, utilizing it with a ground beef or chicken product. You know, obviously beef is going to cover it the most. Um, but yeah, doing it as burgers, doing it as a meatball, um, is, is a great, even, even, um, throwing it in like a bolognese sauce, you would mm-hmm. never have any idea it was in there and you just upped your, your, your nutrients, you know, tenfold by doing so. I just did a really beautiful shepherd's pie <laughs> for my family dinner and I did brown lamb and added the, um, the ground liver. Um, and nobody knew, um, I yeah. one, the flavor was incredible. I did like a nice parsnip mash on top. Um, there's so many ways to sneak it in. And I just did it for all of our health. You know, I knew right. it was worth bringing it up at the table. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, those are, those are the things that we just need to start sneaking in. And um, I think people are getting more curious and interested in it, which it makes me really happy because the organ meat that was always the prized meat, the muscle meat came second because as right. you know, there's so many ways to, um, to store and reserve muscle meat versus the organ meat, you know, most cultures want to eat that fresh. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And, you know, they will, they will, um, 
spoil faster uh, for the most part. And and a lot of you, you take it back for, forever since people started eating meat. And a lot of it was was ritual was to eat some of these items as, as a ritual thing because there was so so much nutrients to it and and in doing so is going to make you stronger faster whatever it may be um, you know one thing that I am not able to, to get myself into yet is is utilizing more of the animal blood um, in a sausage maybe like a blood sausage but I can't I can't there's a lot that I just can't bring myself to do and so that is like something I've been, been really trying to think about how can I utilize this but it's very hard to get it's not I can't even get it that easily for for myself or for consumers but I know that there's so many there are nutrients behind that as well and then there's a theory and I don't know if it's true I'm not a scientist but there's a theory that if you have heart problems, you eat heart. If you have liver problems, you eat liver. If kidney, you eat kidney. Um, if that's the case, I'm all for it. You know, I, I, if, if you are suffering from something like that, what, what is it hurt? What does it hurt to try? Uh, but I've read a lot about that this year. And so, uh, when I have customers that come in and say, you know, I'm having surgery or, you know, unfortunately I'm on dialysis or whatever it may be, we will try to source them products that that can utilize and get them to a na- a better state of health um, more naturally than, you know, just surgery and medication. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. As you know, I went to um, a holistic culinary school. I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute, which was the first health supportive culinary school founded in the U.S. And we were absolutely taught that um, the traditional holistic way of healing different parts of your body is eating that which you want to heal. So if you need to support your lung health, then you eat the lung of an animal. If you need to support your heart health, then you would make a heart stew uh, and so on and so on. So. You're, awesome. you're right on. And, um, you know, all the information and history is out there if you want to explore it. Right. And so I think it's great. People people are getting more curious and finding um, traditional ways of supporting their body. And I think as we start doing this, we'll actually start having less and less health issues because we're getting the balance back in that that we've lost. Definitely. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think a lot of it too is, you know, for me over the last almost two years, I, so when COVID started, I found out that I had a thyroid issue. I, I didn't know I had one, obviously didn't feel any different, went in just for normal blood work. And I found out I had hyperthyroid. Now I, symptoms of hyperthyroid, I have none of them. You know, it's, it's rapid weight loss. It's the bulging of the eyes. Um, heart palpitations. I didn't have any of it. So it was a very small set of hyperthyroid, but I realized that I could fix the majority of it with diet. And so 
in 2020, September 2020, I started a very heavy ketogenic diet, um, but tried to keep it clean keto. It was it was as clean as possible, doing natural proteins, you know, and and, and stuff like that. Very few packaged items. Um, and there was, you know, obviously I, I was able to, to drop a good amount of weight. I've dropped, you know, over over 100 pounds in doing so, but I was able to fix majority of my thyroid. And I went from a full pill a day, seven days a week to half, uh, you know, one day and then rest full days all the way down to now, um, a half a pill every two days. So, um, I'm very close to, to remission and yeah, you know, part of it is probably me just getting healthy and whatnot, but majority of it, in my opinion, has been my diet and relying a lot on animal protein, animal product that has, um, sustained me has, has given me more energy than I used to have and fix this. And it's, it's unreal. I've always heard people talk about it, but it's unreal that I have, I have now been able to do it yeah. and now I can share it with other people. Yeah. It's amazing when you learn how to heal <clears throat> yourself with food. It's, right. so, it's so empowering and it makes you realize that you can do anything for yourself if you want to. Right. And that, and that's, that's like my biggest goal is I want to get off of the medication, you know, and I was very open with my doctor. Um, my doctors are <clears throat> really open with me doing other stuff like like um, acupuncture and whatnot, which I do. And so I'm sure that has helped, but uh, I was very open with them. I don't want to be on this forever. And I will do what I need to do to get off of it because becoming reliant on it, my body will just become used to it. And that's not what I, I wanted, especially you know at, at 33 years old. It's not, that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy for you. You've Thank you. just been on the up ever since you shared that with me. And, um, I think you, you seem great, um, Thank you. and happy and healthy. And I'm glad things just keep moving forward for you. So I appreciate it. I had a few other questions, um, just to help people feel a little bit more confident when they walk into a spot like the butchery or any butcher shop in their neighborhood. Right. Um, what, how do we help people understand the difference between choice and prime? So how do you teach new employees to better understand what's choice, what's prime, and why. Because they don't sound very different. The word right. there is a little confusing. Yeah, so so in the general scheme, there there is no difference. They're both the same uh, cut. They can both be the same cut. But the, the, the difference is it's a USDA label. So the USDA will label one choice and, and, and the other one prime. Now, that, that, that labeling rate is bigger, right? It goes select, choice, choice has some tiers, and then prime. Uh, Prime is your top level of what you can get that is USDA certified. Um, it is more marbled. It has more uh, marbling intermuscular. So not necessarily just a fatter cow. It's just the inner marbling of that animal has, has more of that webbed, beautiful, like I said, spider looking uh, marbling inside that muscle. Um, the way it is graded is they go in between the ribs <clears throat> with a camera and they look at the marbling on the ribeye. Once they look at the marbling on the ribeye, it gets stamped at the processing facility choice or prime. Um, most farmers could not always say, oh, this is going to be choice and this is going to be prime. They don't know. Now they become good at what they do and they're like, okay, we raise prime cattle, we raise choice cattle. Um, there is a theory that you could just leave your, your animal on its, its feed in that last cycle of its life for a little bit longer to give it more uh, opportunity to become prime. But that's the biggest difference. It's just your marbling. Um, 
and the idea that uh, your prime is top grade. Now, if you come into my store and or you come into our, any of our stores and we cut prime and we cut choice ribeyes and we're looking at them, I might say, look, these choice look so much better today because that's just nature of the beast. You know, literally that not every animal, no animal is the same. Uh, so it's the grading level there is, and there is some, there's, you know, stigma behind prime and people only want to eat prime and whatnot, but there has been some fantastic choice products that we have brought in over the years. And we feel that, you know, the one we have now is great. So it, it, it is truly based just upon what one USDA person has stamped and said, okay, this is, this is choice. And this is prime in the general you know realm of things. Um, cooking them side by side, your prime will be a little bit more tender, have a little more moisture to it. It'll be definitely have uh, a, a better retention, you know, in, in that, that juiciness factor when you're cooking a steak, because all of that intermuscular marbling is able to render down. So if you look at the steaks and one has a little more of that white speck on the inside than the other, the one that has more white speck is going to render down. A lot of people will come in and go, well, I don't want a fatty steak. You can still buy a prime, let's say New York, because it's not nearly as fatty as a ribeye, and cook it, and it's not like you're biting into fat. All of that that marbling renders down. Um, the only fat you'll have is that obviously that top layer, that fat cap. So the idea is that oh well, I don't want it fatty. I'm going to go choice. That that's great, but sometimes you won't have as great of an experience if you just go to a normal grocery store and you get their choice line because it could be bottom level choice. And it's not going to eat well. It's not going to eat well at all. It's going to be very tough. It's going to be uh, uh, dry because it didn't have that opportunity to render down its its fat. Yeah, and that fat cap is going to keep your steak moist. You don't have to eat it. Right. It's going to keep your steak moist during the cooking process. So I, people just need to get a little bit more comfortable with seeing fat. It's not going to hurt you. You don't have to eat it, but it's going to make food taste a lot better, more flavorful. You'll be more satisfied. You'll be less likely to reach for ice cream in the freezer because you'll have a balanced, healthy meal and you'll be satiated by the fat. But again, you don't have to eat the fat cap. Right. It's, it is unreal how satiating fat becomes when you're getting it from a great source. Um, I, I, over the last two years, I've realized that, you know, it, it's, it's very satiating and, and you're right. You don't get those cravings, your, your sugar, especially if you have sugar cravings, yeah. um, you know, the, the junk food, salty cravings, all of those can be avoided with a higher protein, higher fat diet, because that's what in your brain, you trigger as I'm craving a sweet or I'm craving you know, something salty. And that's usually because you're probably low in the day of your fat or your protein. Yeah. So it, it can all be resolved through real food. It's right. absolutely fantastic. Right. So, so what do people really need to know about the difference when they walk into a grocery <clears throat> store and they see the steak that's in that plastic container or the styrofoam container vacuum sealed? Um, or just wrapped up versus walking into the butchery and seeing the steaks lined up there. How long ago were the steaks in the grocery store cut that are maybe vacuum sealed? And, and how, when are the steaks, you know, cut and put out at the butchery? What's the Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up like the, the time limit. So the biggest difference is actually age is it will, again, we can go down the line of quality and whatnot, but the, the, the main difference, if I were to just describe it briefly is when you go into a grocery store and you see those steaks prepackaged, they're bright red. And you know, that's what the consumer normally wants to see. They want to see that really red steak. And then you come into one of our shops or, you know, any shop that cuts on site and the steaks are a little bit darker. Customers tend to think that that's older. 
in theory, they are right. But the biggest difference is that grocery store got that that muscle in, that ribeye, that New York, whatnot, about two weeks maybe after that animal's processed at best, could be even shorter. With our shop, we might get it in that early, but we're going to put more age on it or our vendors are going to put more age on it. So from the time it's processed to the time it goes into its big bag before we cut it down, we were putting a minimum of about 28 days on that, that loin to let it rest. Uh, what has happened is if you don't let it rest and you cut into it right away, the meat will be extremely tough. It's, it'll be uh, it, it almost like the, the fibers of it are going to be so tight yeah. because the adrenaline of that animal. Um, the reason grocery stores do it is it gives them a longer shelf life. They can cut it when it's bright red, let it sit, let it sit, let it sit. And then now it looks dark and they still have time on it. That should be troublesome. If you go into your major chain grocery store and it's dark and it's a manager special, that should be a worry to you because now it's been there probably a very long long time. Um, so that, that's, that's probably one of the largest, the, the biggest parts of it. The other part is, you know, when they do cut in a grocery store, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, they're doing a lot of, of, uh, um, quantity cutting over quality. So these guys are going to cut just boxes of beef a day, wrap them up, and put them out because they have the long shelf life on them. Um, where at my store or any local butcher shop or any of our, our location, uh, butcheries, we cut daily all day. It's, it's, we'll read the week. If it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's slower. We're not going to fill the entire case. We'll put a couple steaks in. And if you come in and you needed six and we only had three, we'll cut, we're glad you cut you three more or, you know, six new ones, whatever you, you were looking for, because we always have a cutter on staff. And so that allows us to continually refresh the case. And the biggest worry should not always be in just your steaks, but your ground beef. Your ground beef is where you open up your, yourself to so many different um, chances of getting bacteria on in, in, in a product. So you go to a grocery store and they have <clears throat> their ground beef in a tray of saran wrap. It's bright red, looks great. That worries me because we grind beef all day, every day, and it oxidizes. It's natural. It's what happens when, when, when any type of protein hits the air. And as ground beef is smaller particles, it has a bigger chance of oxidizing faster. So we rotate our ground beef as often as we need to, um, and we grind throughout the entire day. The biggest difference in that is we're only grinding whole muscle. So if it's whole chuck that we're grinding, or we'll grind chuck with a blend, which is our butchery blend of ribeye, New York, tri-tip, it's basically our trimmings. This is our way of being as sustainable as possible. You go to a grocery store. If they're not grinding on site, don't buy ground beef because they're bringing it in and you don't know what it is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> by the USDA's laws, it is uh, muscle meat or, uh, you know, product of the animal. Not, not saying these people are putting pink slime or all these old things that people used to do, but we don't know what part of the animal they're grinding. Um, they don't have to be specific. If they just give you a, a, a 80, 20 label and they don't say ground chuck or ground, you know, ground, uh, round, whatever it may be, there, there's, there's some worries there. And so that's another major difference is when you come into my store versus going to a bigger store is we can tell you exactly what it is. We can tell you when, how long, and how much of, of it, you know, we ground. And that gives the consumer a peace of mind knowing that, okay, we're eating something that notoriously in the news has had a bad rap. And we know that what we're getting is going to be fresh as, as fresh as possible. And the other option is we we allow people to, you know, I don't want ground chuck that's too fatty. I want something leaner or I want a different blend. We'll do it for it. They come in, I want no brisket, short rib blend. Okay, sure, no problem. And that gives us, that gives them the opportunity to do that as well. Wow, that's a great tip, Danny. I really appreciate that. Of course. It's really good to know because I'm a big fan of ground meat because there's so many <laughs> things to do with it. 
Um, and obviously, like we talked about, there's so many great ways to sneak in um, organ meats. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. So to wrap up our conversation today, where can people learn about the butchery? Where can people come and talk to you if they have any, yeah. any meat or culinary questions? So uh, obviously we have our own website, you know, butcherymeats.com, but uh, coming into the store, into the Costa Mesa locations where I'm at, they, um, it's off of 17th and uh, in Newport. And it, it is one of those, it's right at the end of the 55. I'm always there, but you can go to any of our locations. We have um, talented people at all of our stores, talented managers, talented cutters. Um, we do we do as best as we can bringing on people that have the same mentality as, as, as our owners and um, bringing people on that want to be here because they love what they do, but also helping, helping the customer. So uh, any of our locations, you know, you can come in and talk to any of us. We have, like I said, some skilled cutters. We have some fantastic guy, uh, employees that have been chefs for major companies, major sports teams. Uh, and we have guys that that never once thought they'd ever see themselves cutting meat. And now they are. And they're probably some of the most skilled cutters we know. So you guys are in Costa Mesa, Brea, Newport Coast, and Del Mar. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And uh, the three Orange County stores are, are all very similar. We are a, a butcher shop for the, the most part. All of our shops are a butcher shop. And then we try to offer uh, grocery or, you know, a great beer and wine selection. Our Brea location offers seafood. Del Mar offers a fantastic seafood counter that um, we are able to, to, to get fresh seafood almost daily from, from down in San Diego. Del Mar also has a small kitchen, but it's not, you know, your typical restaurant. What it is, is we've taken our really popular items and we've made menu items out of them and it allows the, the uh, customers to even try the product before they might want to buy it. And it's like a cafe style. And then the other locations all offer um, sandwiches. Uh, if, you know, quick grab and go sandwiches that are, that are ideal. And if you guys are ever stopping into the butchery, um, as you know, because I post about it on social media all the time, you can pick up a jar of Starseed Kitchen. Yes. 11 magic herbs and spices, and hopefully a variety of other organic blends very soon. Um, so Danny, I always like to ask the guests on the podcast if they can leave the listeners with just kind of one um, wellness or health tip, just one thing that they consider adding into their lifestyle. Any tips yeah. today? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we kind of touched on it, but I think that is eat protein, eat animal products. Um, it is extremely beneficial for you and it's unreal how well your body will respond to it. I know that there are people that don't and, and that struggle with it. So, you know, it, it's not for everyone, but I don't think everyone's giving it a chance. And so allowing yourself, you know, get, I think everybody that, that sometime this year should try something different that they've never had, you know, maybe just a, a cut of a, of a muscle meat or um, organ meat or, or something like that. And, and I, I bet majority of people would be amazed that they actually like it. And if they give themselves the opportunity to do it, and if they like it, try to stick to it for a period of 30 days and over 30 days, watch, watch how different your performance becomes, your energy levels become all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing how quickly your energy levels can shift when you're providing your body something that it really needs. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Danny. This was fantastic. I learned a lot, even though, you know, I talk to you quite frequently. This was fantastic. Thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. 
thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.